Technology has revolutionized the world we live in. With rapid development and artificial intelligence, we've created a reliance on automation, but also a fear of the unknown. A certain unease has grown to wonder how far it can all go. Will technology misuse our information, make our jobs obsolete, or even surpass us? With the human race bound to the frightening power of machines, will there come a time where we will all have to submit to technology terror? Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This week, we portray some friends and unfriended. Trigger warning, this episode contains discussion of suicide, so if you are sensitive to this subject matter, please refrain from listening. So, Stephanie... Yeah. Have you seen Unfriended before we watched it for the podcast? No, and I actually had low expectations. I thought it would be kind of dumb, but I think I enjoyed it the most. So far? <laughs> so far out of the <gasps> stuff, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Spoiler. Maybe maybe as much as Stay Alive, if I liked it. Okay. I think it's a better movie. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> um, it's different. I like um, like similarly for different reasons. Yeah, let's go, let's go with that. Yeah, I would say though, like since it all takes place like on a computer screen, though, I was like, I should have thought about sitting closer to the TV. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that? I listened to the Scream podcast, which mm-hmm. is a morbid network podcast. They cover movies, and I listened to their unfriended episode right after I watched it. Oh yeah, and this came out in theaters, and they're like, why the hell? Would you go to watch this movie in a theater? I feel like this movie is like literally made for you to watch on a small screen or like right. on a computer screen. Like I feel like it loses a lot of effect if you watch it on a big screen. Like even on my TV, I feel like it would have been, had been more impactful watching it on my computer or something. Yeah. I just didn't know what to expect and I was afraid of jump scares. So I was like that it would feel better further away from me oh. on a bigger screen. That's fair. <laughs> There's a couple of jump scares in the, yeah. in the sense of, like, something shocking happened real fast, like, out right. of nowhere. So, which I guess is the definition of a jump scare, yes. I guess, now that I say that out loud. <laughs> uh, but you liked it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. What about you? I Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought it was, I mean, it was, I don't want to say silly, but, like, it was a little outlandish and, like, okay. But it, I thought it was well done Yeah, for the most part. And interesting, too, because of how it's... Viewed, you know, you're only watching it off of this girl's laptop. You don't really hardly ever see, like, her actual face. It, I mean, you do, but it's like as if webcam. you were watching them on FaceTime or Right, whatever. yeah. Have you seen it before? Mm, no. Oh, okay. I always wanted to, though. Oh, all right. It was one of those movies that, like, I, I saw the trailer when it came out. And I was like, oh, I need to watch that. I never did. Yeah. Also, I think since it came out, like, a few years after I graduated, I think that's also why I was, like, not really interested. It's not – this is all high school drama shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's for me. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah. I thought I didn't realize there was a paranormal aspect. I thought it was just like drama. And like, I thought so too. Uh, like like one of them's a killer kind of thing. Yeah, which there is a sequel to this. And I guess it takes that it, kind of route. Yeah, it does. Which I heard a lot of people like that one better than this one. Uh, I heard there's like several alternate endings too to that one. Oh, so really? I think that's what? probably why it's interesting. 
Oh, no, no. But yeah, there's a sequel. But we're not talking about the sequel. We're talking about the first one. Yes. And before we get into the background, we had this ranked at a five. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, again. Maybe we could, I mean, just depends how the rest of the season shapes up, but I could see it maybe bumping to six, seven. I think so, too, only because there's a lot of tense moments in this movie. Yeah. Like, they do a good job at building that tension. Right. And I felt anxious a yes. lot of this movie. I was like, oh, shit. What did they do? Like, what right. did this person do? What did that person do? Because, like. Well, when it gets to the plot, we find out these people suck ass. Everyone sucks, yeah. All of them. I was like, God damn, not even our main character. Yeah, so she's the worst of all. It, I, it was really effective in terms of ramping up the tension. Right. So, like, we're visually, it's not super, like, scary. I mean, there's, like, the death scenes are a little, like, shocking. But the tension, I'm like, this <laughs> keeps going. Especially the the whole note part, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah. Show me the note. Don't show me the note. Right. It's obvious we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to see the note. So we have it at five, but we could maybe see it bump up later in the season. So I'll keep you updated on that one. Are you ready to dive into some background on the movie? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Unfriended is a 2014 Screen Life supernatural horror film directed by Levin Gabriadzi. I, you know me and my pronunciations. It's L E V A N. That's the first name. And produced by Tim Timur Beckman Bitov. Yes, we're just going to move on. Sure. <laughs> that is a person. That is a name. <laughs> Not that any of these people are going to hear me talk about their names, but I am so, I just feel so bad every time. <laughs> this is actually the first feature film to be entirely set on a computer screen. Uh, it's produced in a so called screen life format, mm. is what they, they call it. Okay. And Oh, yeah. So screen life or computer screen film is a genre of visual storytelling where all the events are shown on a computer, tablet, or smartphone screen. It became popular in 2010s with the growing impact of the internet. Mm, okay. So sort of like uh, the predecessor. Is that the word for like the Blair Witch Project? Well, Blair Witch came first. Right. So. Never, so no, that's like found the footage. Su- the successor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Because so theirs is, like- is all on found footage. Yeah, I I don't know. No. Yeah, no, no. It's it's like the next evolution almost. It's yeah. like camera, and now we're on the internet where everything yeah. takes like as you see, we have a whole story based on the internet. So right. it's like the next step. I feel to found footage. According to the director and producer, a computer screen film should take place on one specific screen, never move outside of that screen, and the camera work should resemble the behavior of the device's camera. All the action should take place in real time and without any visible transitions. And all the sounds should originate from the computer. So everything should be as if you were on the computer. Do not deviate from that. Although I have a little bone to pick with the end of this movie. We'll get to. I was like, damn, I had the the ending. We'll get there. No, yeah, I had feelings on the ending as well. I was like, son of a bitch. I thought. I'm sure you had the same thought as I did. I'm sure we did. The film premiered at the Fantasia Festival on July 20th in 2014 and was theatrically released by Universal Pictures in the United States on April 17th, 2015. The film received mixed reviews from critics and was a massive box office success, grossing $62 million against a $1 million budget. Wow, That's, okay. Yeah, so it did really good, and a $1 million budget ain't shit. It right. sounds like a lot, but in terms of movies. No, no, that's just like rubbing $2 bills together. <laughs> I know. And then, as we kind of discussed, there was a standalone sequel called Unfriended Dark Web, and that was released in 2018. 
I am curious, though, now that we've watched this one. I'm like, mm, maybe we'll check maybe it out. Maybe we'll watch it. I don't know. I kind of want to see it because I actually enjoyed this movie. Do you ever put off, though, watching certain horror movies because you're like, mm, we'll get to it in one of the seasons? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one, but I'm like, we might cover this. That's well, That's for, for example, I'll give you one. Like, I know eventually, eventually, in the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in <laughs> just, the horizon. Just reach out for it. We will do a zombie season, but one of my favorite, like, teen, like, rom-com, horror-ish movies is uh, Warm Bodies. And I saw it on Netflix, and I was like, (laughs) oh, I could just watch it now. But I'm like, no, just wait. You've seen it before. You You got this. You can watch it again. If you like it, watch it as many times as you desire. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't want to ruin it for when I revisit it, though. Okay, that's fair. I only saw that in theater. I did see that in theaters, but that was the only time I saw it. Oh, I watched it so many times when it came out in, like, the first couple years it came out. Interesting. Well, I really liked it. The, the audience will learn more about it when we do a zombie season. So yep. Be on the lookout. But back to Unfriended. Production was 16 days total, including six 12 hour days of principal photography, three days of pickups, and then a few more reshoots. When filming began, it mostly consisted of long takes around 10 minutes in length. Shelley Hennig, who betrayed Blair, found that this proved difficult for the energy and motivation needed for her and for the other actors. So at her request, at least one full 80-minute long take was filmed with each actor in separate rooms with separate computers. So they were actually all in the same house when they filmed this movie. Oh, okay. Did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I got that yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, they were all in the same, same, same house. The film's ending was captured during one of these feature-length takes. So oh, okay. They did the whole damn thing. Right, right. The film's title changed during shooting and would also change prior to its theatrical release as the film's crew felt that the title of Offline was a little too generic and not obvious and that then the title of Cybernatural, that was the title, the second title, was more to the point of what it was. Yeah, um, they they did better with this unfriended. choice. Yeah. I kind of like <laughs> – Cybernatural is kind of corny but I kind of like the way it sounds. Like, it's the next video drum, though, to me. You are cybernatural. <laughs> we are cybernatural. We are all cybernatural. You are cybernatural. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives the film an approval rating of 61% based on 186 reviews with an average of 6 out of 10. The site's critical consensus reads, Unfriended subverts found footage horror cliches to deliver a surprisingly scary entry in the teen slasher genre with a technological twist. And I would, up- I would agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I enjoyed it. Yes. Are you ready to dive into the plot? I am, yes. All right. So, we follow a high school girl named Blair as she watches several videos on another girl, her childhood best friend, it turns out, named Laura Barnes that committed suicide by gunshot a year prior after a video of her passed out at a party and soiling herself went viral. Blair then joins a Skype video call with her boyfriend, Mitch, They flirt and sort of try to engage in uh, phone sex, basically. But uh, Skype sex. Yeah. I couldn't even find the right term. I put my notes striptease, but I was like, no, I guess they were trying to go further. But then they get interrupted when the rest of their friends join the call as like a group chat, basically. Apparently, neither of them purposely let the others in. But... Right before they all jump onto the call with the other people in this virtual call, they talk about how they're going to wait to lose their virginities to each other on prom night. That's important. Yes, it'll come up later for sure. (laughs) So they are soon joined on the call by their friends, Jess, Ken, and Adam. 
along with an unknown user known as Billy227. I do want to say before we move on about the video of Laura killing herself because mm-hmm. they show it. She's like in a parking lot. Right. Just full head. daylight. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as I showed that, I'm like, oh, this movie is more than I thought. <laughs> like that was the moment like, oh, shit. Yeah. We're in for something. Yeah. It's was, a lot of dark subject matter, honestly. Yeah. I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a little bit more campy, a mm-hmm. little bit more like purposefully silly. Oh, no. No, no, yeah. no. And I also will say about the video footage of Laura at the party passed out. I didn't know she had soiled herself. I thought it was blood, like she had been raped or something. Oh, my God. Okay, so not to bring up Scream Podcast again, <laughs> but the guy, Caleb, the one thought she had a really bad period. He thought that yeah, was blood, too. I thought it was, too. I thought it was a period or she had been assaulted. Okay, I didn't think that. I was I like, that's poo-poo. <laughs> that is a big poo-poo. Alex just knows. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't get that. It's, 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 it's kind of dark, so it's hard to tell, but she is wearing, like, whitish pants. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's just a bad period. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, that's so interesting that you're the second person to think that. Yeah. Because Ash and Elena, the other host, so they didn't get that Cause, either. Because when I first saw it in Wikipedia when I was, like, making references for my notes, I was like, oh, she shit herself. Like, I'll just look it up and see if everyone else thinks so. Yep, they do. Yeah, which is – you know what? That's better. I feel like shitting yourself not great, but I feel like it's less it's bad than a blood. Like I guess. I don't I feel like I'm a period a is know. more I don't know. I guess a period feels like it would be more widely accepted at least amongst other girls. It, and then being yeah. someone that shit themselves is like icky, gross and like, oh, okay. I mean blood is also sometimes gross to people, but Okay. Well, I, I, I'm sure it's 50-50. Yeah. Well, no, that's good for your perspective because, like, I don't obviously yeah. have to worry about that. So <laughs> it's good for you to give me your thought on that. The group then tries various ways to boot the unknown user from the chat but are unsuccessful every time. All the while, we're watching from Blair's computer screen as we see her look up the account and realize that it belonged to Laura Barnes. Blair tells the group that she thinks it's Laura, but no one believes that Billy227 is actually her. They just assume that the account has been hacked by their classmate, Val. Fucking Val. Right. And I feel it's so, like, these kids, like, do have, like, the audacity. I'm sure they're, like, the popular kid group in school. They're like, that fucking bitch, let's bring her in here. And then they just invite Val on the call. It, like, I don't know, I guess to prove that she's hacking them I, or hacking this account to try to spy on them. Mm-hmm. It's just... They just thought she was messing with them, really. I don't know. It just seemed kind of like the audacity, too. Like, you you know, when you're a teenager and you shit talk people, but you don't do anything about it. Or, like, in real life when you shit talk like a coworker or somebody, you know. I'm like, bring her in (laughs) right now. Right. We'll just confront this person right this second. Everyone. I'm just saying, if you piss me off enough, I will. (laughs) Don't test me. (laughs) Okay, okay. Alex has different opinions. Stephanie, but watch out, girl. That's a threat. <laughs> I swear, I didn't do anything. Just kidding. <laughs> so they invite Val into their chat soon after Jess's Facebook page is updated with embarrassing photos of Val at a party. Jess denies uploading the photos and tries to delete them from her account, but the pictures instantly reappear on Adam's account. Val receives a private message of a picture not visible to us or the others, but she considers it as a threat. So she's really upset and she calls 911 to report that she's being harassed and abruptly leaves the call. The group receives a photo of Val and Laura's Facebook messages from before Laura's death with Val telling Laura to kill herself. Mm -mm. 
Yeah. You don't do that shit. Right. And Val then reappears on the chat, sitting motionless and silent next to a bottle of bleach before collapsing. They, th- I think they thought that it was frozen because of how still she was. And yeah. Something had moved. No, the- like she could see her phone oh, vibrating phone or vibrated, moving yeah. next to her. But she was so still. Yeah. I like, thought like it was just a frozen image too for a second. It's like. Yeah. Police officers then arrive on the scene right after, and uh, they're unaware that they're still on this video chat, so like they can see the scene as like I guess they're like on the floor, so they can like kind of see her body mm-hmm. a little bit and, and like everyone's shoes. shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they sort of like listen in and determine that they're coding this as a presumed suicide. Damn, Yikes. that went from zero. Well, not zero. It, it kind of started at a ten, to be honest. But immediately we're like, oh. Oh, shit. She gone. She gone. (laughs) And uh, Laura then sends each of the friends a personalized message proving intimate knowledge of their secrets. In Blair's case, this turns out to be a couple of pictures revealing that she slept with Adam. Yeah. Blair? Blair? I thought we were rooting for you, Blair. Right. God damn. And then plus since we're on her screen, it feels like she's us, you know? Right. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I would never do this to Mitch. Mitch, I'm so sorry. (laughs) He seems like such a nice boy. (laughs) Mm, Is he though? No, I know. Everyone's bad. Everyone's bad. (laughs) Which is so upsetting because like. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted one person in the end to be like, I. Yeah. Nope. No. We find out all these people. Well, no, you know what? No. Ken. Ken. Ken's not so bad. I looked it up, too, just to kind of figure out, like, what the lesser people did, basically. <laughs> the lessers. Well, the people that get caught, killed yeah. off early because, you know, the the worst of the worst get saved for later, basically. Right. And I guess Ken made a fake account to, like, tell her to kill herself. Oh, did he? Yeah, and that was probably the same thing for Val as well. I don't know. I don't know. Like, we didn't see that, though. I well, like... at one point, Blair says everybody was doing it. Like, everyone was commenting to and the kill whole, herself. In the whole school? I guess. Well, damn, damn. She better be killing everyone. Mm-hmm. They're going to wake up Monday morning. Everyone's dead. The whole school is dead. The whole school is dead. Yeah. But either way. So Ken distributes a program to remove Laura from the chat while Adam attempts to call the police. However, the 911 operator turns out to be Laura as well, and she then reenters the chat, revealing a camera view from the other side of Ken's room. He approaches the camera source, and his Skype is briefly cut before it shows him killing himself with a blender. Oh, he shoves his whole hand in there. Yeah, and then his face, I think, Yeah, because right? it breaks, and then he shoves Oh, yeah. No, no. I'm like, I feel sick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not necessary. Thank you. We got it. Yeah, I want to know. Was there a device under his bed? Or, like, what was I, that? When I looked it up, too, like, because I tried to see what other audience members thought of it, like, when they wrote reviews about it, they assumed that... He saw Laura's ghost or something, and oh. that's why he kind of, like, stands up and, like, in shock. And then that's, all of a sudden That's just, freaky to think about, though. Could you imagine? Like, walking yeah. up and seeing That's yeah. scary. Yeah, no, no. That scared me. Like Blair's kind of, like, begging her, like, what can we do to stop this? Like, we don't know what else we can do. What do you want? And he sends her, like, a private message with a link on how to appease, like, possessed spirits. Oh, or, Laura sends it to her? Yes, actually. I thought she Googled it. I th- think it's a link that she sends her. Oh, well, shit. No, Either no. that or Mitch and her share it or something like that. It's it's something only basically Blair knows. Yeah, Everybody it's very else, specific. She doesn't tell anybody else in the group about doesn't it. Doesn't she share her screen at one point? Not that. Oh, well, they, Blair. Blair's kind of awful. Blair's stupid. So, well, because she's only trying to save herself. That's I know, because she's out. like, 
I don't know. It wasn't me. Yeah, I don't know then. Yeah. So in this website, however she gets it, it says that if you confess to what you've done and, like, apologize, then, like, the spirit might stop, like, possessing your devices and maybe would leave you alone. And at one point, you can kind of see her type into the chat, like, it was all my fault or something Mm -hmm. like that. And then she deletes it out and then keeps going on with this group chat. Like, oh, that seems like the better option. (laughs) Well, she was probably like, if I admit this, am I going to die? Yeah, I I guess. Mm, I don't know. But, like, if you really care about your friends. She don't. Yeah. She she don't don't care. She don't. Now, uh, with the remaining friends, Laura forces them to play a game of Never Have I Ever. And would you like to explain to the group or the listeners what Never Have I Ever is? Yeah, it's Just like, in case no one has played. You put your hands up and then they say, Never Have I Ever uh, ran outside butt naked. And then if you did that thing, you put your finger down. Yes. And sometimes people do it as like a drinking game. Most of the time it's just to like a... Like a different version of truth or dare, except it's like all truths. Yeah. <laughs> all truths. <laughs> all truths. Oops, all red. Or like flavor reds, you know, like yeah. uh, candy. Yeah. It, but Laura attacks this onto it. Whoever loses is going to die. So uh, yeah. not the typical way you play it. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Right. When you play, you don't kill people? Oh, no. No, I haven't. Ha- how many times have you played? Ooh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, College was a wild time for me, Stephanie. <laughs> Just so many murders. It was like the Hunger Games, all right? <laughs> okay. So throughout the game, it's revealed that Jess started a rumor that Blair had an eating disorder. Blair crashed Jess's mom's car when she was drunk. That was so random. Yeah. Why are you in Jess's mom's car? I, I don't know. I guess a party at her house, and then she stole the car and crashed it, but somehow Jess got blamed for it. Mitch made out with Laura but claims she kissed him and he did not reciprocate and also reported Adam to the police for dealing cannabis. And Jess stole $800 from Adam and Adam private messaged Laura and offered up Jess's life for the others in the group. Which I'm like, man, he's awful. Like Adam? He yeah, I thought he said that like out of context. I didn't know he meant like he actually messaged the spirit <laughs> and was like, you know, who we can get rid of and, you know, I think it will be all good here. <laughs> Yeah, he's not a, he's myself. A, but. They're they're like all bad, but Adam's like the worst. Yeah, he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. You don't like Adam. With all these secrets revealed to each other, tensions flare, and a drunken Adam uses the game to force Blair to confess that she'd slept with him and is no longer a virgin. Uh, yeah, so oh Mitch freaks God. the fuck out. Yeah, uh retaliates by forcing Adam to admit that he roofied a classmate, raped her while she was unconscious, and then forced her to abort the resulting pregnancy. Again, Adam. What? What in God's name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? Is, is this what high school's like? I mean, I'm sure it was like that for us, too, but, like, with the internet? Fuck that. Yeah. I was talking to Nick. I'm like, I am so glad I did not have, like, social media really in high school. Like, Facebook came out, what, 2007? So I had a Facebook. There was, of course— MySpace didn't feel the same. Doesn't feel yeah. like today's social media. Yeah, because like when did Facebook came come out? Like maybe tenth grade for me or ninth grade. Two thousand. So, so ninth, ninth for me. So that would have been like two thousand seven. Seven. Yep, I remember the year. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but 
It wasn't like it is now. Yeah, and it wasn't so, like, permanent. Like, everybody always warns, like, kids on social media now. Like, everything that you post is permanent and stuff like that. It, like, everyone just didn't have the technology to, like, randomly record people for, like, several minutes and see, like, their most embarrassing things at a party and then yeah. post it online. Like, it, just, like, all the options weren't there yet kind of thing. Yeah. That, like it is now where you could just share it with everybody in two seconds. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine. Like, I didn't get my first smartphone until college. Right. Like, I, I think could, same here or maybe like senior year. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine having any of this going on in yeah. high school. Like, no. Yeah, no. Not not with not me with my flip phone. If I took a picture of anyone, <laughs> it's like all pixelated. Like <laughs> I know. I swear to God that's somebody. Just quit your eyes. It's not a reason. <laughs> Suddenly Adam and Blair receive fax messages remotely and are unable to share what they say to the group. Mitch, infuriated by the fact that they have yet another secret between them, <laughs> threatens to leave, but everyone knows if he leaves the chat, he'll die. So in a moment of panic, Blair shows her paper, which states, if you reveal this note, Adam will die. Adam shoots himself, revealing he had the same note, except it was for Blair. Can we talk about this gun for real quick? Because at some point— He's just holding he's it. He's just holding a gun. He's just waving it around. Yeah. Are you going to shoot your computer? Yeah. I was like, I don't know what your plan is here. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I don't he, know if he's like – everyone insinuates that he's drunk. So I don't know if he thinks that really like someone will come into the house and get him. Like if he actually think doesn't think it's a ghost. I don't know. But he's just like – earlier in this movie, I just bring it up just so you don't think this gun came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. He didn't – he doesn't <laughs> just have a gun hand. Like, he's been whipping this thing around for the last half hour. Right, right. Like, bro. The whole time I was like, yeah, shoot the computer. That'll do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, it's going to get you killed. Yeah, no. So Laura then turns her attention to Jess, trying to get her to confess to defacing her grave. But Blair tells her to stop playing, and Laura cuts the lights in Jess's house and disconnects the video feed. Desperate, Blair starts going through chat roulette until someone agrees to call the cops on her behalf to go to Jess. And she has many failed attempts. Like, she sees a wang and, and like, a bunch of people, like, making fun of her and stuff like that because she's crying and yeah. sad and whatnot. So right after, Jess's feed comes back on, showing her force a hot curling iron down her mouth, killing her. That? I had no idea what it was. Oh, Honestly, really? I couldn't tell it was a curling iron. Oh, okay. I knew. I thought, I and guess it was just from the video quality, but I couldn't uh, tell. I knew exactly what that was. And it, I got... A reaction came out of me. I was like, <gasps> "Yeah!" Like the thought of that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely not. Like, just kill me. Just like quickly. Don't do that. Something else, please. I, visceral reaction for me. I was yeah. like, "No, yeah. absolutely not." And just like steams come out of her throat. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, that hurt so bad. And Laura cuts the lights in Blair's and Mitch's houses because they are the last remaining, wanting them to confess who uploaded the video. Convinced that she'll be spared, Blair tells her that Mitch was the one who posted it. Mitch then grabs a knife and stabs himself in the eye. So then Blair just goes into reminiscing over their friendship, saying she's sad that they drifted apart. But Laura's like, yeah, sure. Okay. Is that what you call it? Yeah. Blair? Right. And starts another countdown because, like, all of these, like, um, would-you-rather questions, she was putting them on, like, a 30-second timer. Mm Mm-hmm. So Blair's, like, freaking out, like, why is there another timer? Why is there not another timer? And um, Laura then uploads an extended version of the party video to Blair's Facebook, which reveals Blair operating the camera for the original video and laughing, which quickly gains attention with multiple people sending hateful comments towards Blair. 
Laura says that she wishes she could forgive Blair before leaving the chat. And as Blair hears her bedroom door creak, Laura, now in the form of her spirit, slams Blair's laptop shut before attacking her as the screen cuts to black. They almost landed the ending and then they right? went too far. It. I thought – it this would is, be so much more meaningful if Blair had to live with it. Yes. yes. I was like, what a brilliant way to end this movie. She had to watch all these people die, and she has to ultimately suffer with what she did. Right, with and everyone hating her. God, they just had to continue. I was like, no. No. And then, like, if they really wanted that jump scare, they should have done it, like, from Mitch's perspective, just for that second. And something. But just to give you that oomph if you really needed it. And then just let Blair live on with that information and her just cutting her off at yeah. that point. And it also – because I love the shot because basically it's her face close up and she's reading all the messages like, Blair, you – how could you do this? You're terrible. Right. And she's Never crying. speak to me again. I hope you go to hell kind of stuff. If it ended on that note, that would have been so impactful. Yes. But then not only did they, you know, take it one step further where Blair presumably died, we also – for that brief little bit at the end, we're no longer in the computer. Right. Which so it takes you out of it. Yes. I was like, son of a bitch. Right. So outside of that last, like, literally 10 seconds, mm-hmm. I thought it was really it good been, up until that point. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't ruin it for me, but I just, why? Yeah. Like, it wasn't shocking. It was just more irritating. Yeah. I was like, oh, that would have been the ultimate, like, Revenge, basically. Like, right. Now I got to live with seeing all that and what you did to me. And that's like the ultimate, like, I will never forgive you, but now you have to live with the consequences of it. Mm-hmm. And no. They, no, no. Yeah. Just just barely missed the landing. I know. I'm glad we're on the same page with that. <laughs> but overall, a fun movie. I mean, it was good. Oh, yeah. Definitely captivating. Definitely tense at moments. Uh, yeah. Like, I think it's well worth what we rated it. And mm-hmm. uh yeah, I like it. I would see the sequel because I I liked how this one turned out. Yeah. Yeah, and I meant to say a lot of this movie was actually improvised as well. Yeah, and that's why I texted you at the very beginning. I was like, this kind of seems a little dumb. But then I was <laughs> like, oh, improvising. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. And then I guess I gave him a pass after a little while because I was like, this, these are teenagers or whatever. or supposed to be teenagers. Yeah, all things considered, I thought they did a good job kind of moving yeah. it along. So. For the first movie ever really done like that, I thought I thought they did a good job off the bat. So yeah, okay, something funny though that I pointed out like on Reddit while I was looking up like why certain people died and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I guess they marked Blair's birth year wrong. Like they didn't count out how young she should be, and she's born in 1994 on on her Facebook profile. It says okay, so that would make her 20 at the time of the film. Oh, well. so she's not in high school. Yeah, that that checks out because 2014. Yeah, I was 22. So, mm-hmm. uh, oops. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I unless, I didn't honestly notice, but somebody did. Unless it doesn't technically take place in 2014, it could have been like. That is true. It didn't just because it came out in 2014 doesn't mean it took place in 2014. Right. That's fair. Just okay. a thought. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe maybe at the time of recording though, that's or filming, that's how old she was, and then it took that long to be released. Because you said it went to Sundance or whatever first. <laughs> yeah, some, it was only a year before. But still. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? That's like another year tacked on. Yeah, so high school oh. for her. Either way. Yeah, doesn't matter. In any case, Blair's in high school in the movie. <laughs> Do you want to hear about the harms of cyberbullying? <sighs> yeah, it's informative, yeah. but I think it's going to bum me out. Oh, for sure. 
cyberbullying can have serious and lasting effects on those who experience it. Victims may experience a range of negative emotions, including humiliation, embarrassment, and fear for their safety. They may also blame themselves for the cyberbullying. Research shows that cyberbullying is a significant stressor in a young person's life. In fact, 32% of kids who are targets of cyberbullying report experiencing at least one symptom of stress. These symptoms can include feeling distressed, hurt, and overwhelmed, and can have a negative impact on a child's mental health. Victims of cyberbullying are more likely than their peers to abuse drugs and alcohol, have physical and emotional health issues, and even consider suicide. Cyberbullying can be more harmful than traditional forms of bullying because it can take place anywhere, and the online nature of the abuse means that it can feel permanent to the victim. Additionally, cyberbullying can lead to social exclusion and isolation. Victims may be excluded by others who also fear cyberbullying if they continue to remain friends with the victim, causing the victim to become isolated and ostracized with no one to turn to at school or at home. It's important to be aware of the risk of cyberbullying and take steps to prevent it, such as educating children and teens about their responsible online behavior, monitoring their online activity, and encouraging open communication about any negative experience they may have online. Teachers, parents, and caregivers can also take steps to help victims of cyberbullying by providing support and resources to address the negative impacts of cyberbullying. So I have a real-life case of someone being provoked to commit suicide over cyberbullying or text message in this case. So about several years ago, there's this case surrounding Conrad Roy and Michelle Carter, and it gained national attention due to the unique circumstances surrounding Conrad's death and the role that technology played in their communication leading up to it. Have you heard of this case? I have. I actually watched some of the show. The I watched from, the show, too. You watched all of it? Yeah. I got a couple episodes in. Yeah. I, I really like Elle Fanning. She looks just like her. She does. I was like, what the? Yeah. She was really creepy. Yeah. It messed up. But yeah. you want to tell the audience? So Michelle Carter was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter despite not having been physically present with Conrad at the time of his death because the judge determined that her actions leading up to it had contributed to his decision to take his own life. In particular, prosecutors pointed to Conrad's phone records, which showed that in the days leading up to his suicide, Michelle had repeatedly texted and called him, urging him to follow through on his plans to take his own life, even at times when he expressed second thoughts or fear about going through with it. Another fact, too, that that I didn't really find in the research, but I know from the case itself, during the actual attempt to take his life, he got out of the car Mm -hmm. and and called her. And she said, yeah, you know, just get back to it. I think that's what put the nail in the coffin for Mm -hmm. her is She told him to get back in. Yep. Yeah. Which is crazy that that's all it took. Yeah. And for those who don't know, he killed himself by carbon monoxide poisoning from sitting in his car. The case raised important legal and ethical questions about a person's ability to influence and control the actions of others through technology, particularly online communication. It also highlighted the complexity of determining culpability in cases involving suicide, as well as the psychological and emotional factors that may lead someone to take their own life. Overall, the case of Conrad Roy and Michelle Carter serves as a reminder of the power of technology and the importance of responsible communication online. It also raises important legal and ethical questions about the boundaries of free speech, personal responsibility, and the role of technology in society. Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. And um, I'll just say, too, like, you can find, like, court documents of the text messages that she sent. 
you would think like the way she's so brazen about it and stuff like you would think she was just trying to get him to do a household tour. Like that's how nonchalant she is about it, but also so super persistent. Like we're talking like thousands of messages and phone calls over the span of like two years. I think they talk. They mm-hmm. they never really – I think they only like met in person like twice out of their whole long-distance relationship. Yeah. I mean, they weren't even really long-distance. No. They were, like, maybe 40 minutes apart. You know what's, like, really insidious about this whole thing? Mm -hmm. It's, like, it's not even your typical sense of bullying because she was, like, coaxing him. Yeah. And it wasn't, like, her. she wasn't making fun of him or anything, but she was... She was doing it under the guise of, like, being someone that cared for him. Right, which makes it even... It's all bad. She thought she was helping him end his suffering, I guess. But she also had her own issues, too. She had an eating disorder and, like, a pretty severe depression, I believe, as well. So not that she was contemplating taking her own life, but she – I don't know. I think she dissociated quite a bit Mm -hmm. as well. But not saying that that excuses the behavior. But she also had her own things going on as well. But that's what's, like, so crazy is she's not – well, she is telling him to kill himself, but not in, like, a – Fuck you, right? I hate you. Everyone hates you, kind of thing. No, this was like, I love you. Let's like, you'll be at peace. Yeah, yeah. It like absolutely crazy. If you want to go into finding the documents and stuff, but it'll just make you real sad. So I will. (laughs) I don't have any direct quotes. Mm -hmm. And also, just another reminder: if you or someone you know is in crisis, call or text the nine eight eight suicide in crisis lifeline. The Lifeline provides 24-hour confidential support to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. So thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful, and we will always appreciate it. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams, and we'll see you next week. Be careful who you friend online. Yeah, log off. Yeah, just don't do it. Just don't do it.